Alright, thank you for having me up here um, to teach, but um, today I'm teaching on the so, not so in numbers. Um, here is the outline of um, like what is what happens in Meso. So um, the Gershonites and the Merorites, county of the Levites, unclean persons, confession and resolution, ritual of the Sota, the Nazarites and the Nazarite vow, the priestly benediction, and the offering of the, of the leaders. And then today we're going to zoom on into the uh, on the Nazarite vow. Before we do that, um, I have a couple vocabulary vocabulary words. Um, we have nazer, which can mean uncut, trimmed, vine, or separated. Um, nader is like vow, can mean like commitment to. Um, sha'er is like hair, but it can also mean gate. Okay. Nazer uh, can mean is crown. I'll have Anthony read Numbers 6, 1, 21. Again, Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to B'nai Israel and say to them, Any man or woman who desires to vow a Nazarite vow be separate for Adonai is to abstain from wine and any other fermented drink. He is not to drink any vinegar made from wine or any fermented drink or any grape juice or eat grapes or raisins. All during his days as a, as a Nazarite, he is not to eat anything from the grapevine, even the seeds or skins. All the duration of his Nazarite vow, no razor is to come on his head until the time of his consecration to Adonai is over. He is to be holy, and the hair of his head is to grow long. All the days of his separation to Adonai, he is not to go near a dead body. Even if his father, mother, brother, or sister should die, he is not to make himself unclean, because his consecration to God is on his head. All the days of his separation, he is to be consecrated to Adonai. Now if someone should die suddenly in his presence, thereby defiling his dedicated head, he is to shave his head on the day of his purification, the seventh day. Then, on the eighth day, he is to bring two doves or two young pigeons to the Kohen at the entrance of the tent of meeting. The Kohen is to offer one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. He is to make atonement for him because he sinned through the corpse. He must consecrate his head on the same day. He will be dedicated to Adonai for the days of his Nazarite separation. He is to bring a year-old male lamb as a guilt offering. The previous days will not count because he was contaminated during his Nazarite separation. Then this is the Torah of the Nazarite when his period of separation is over. He must be brought to the entrance of the tent of meeting. He is to present his offering to Adonai, a year-old male lamb without flaw as a burnt offering, a year-old female lamb without flaw as a sin offering, a flawless ram as a fellowship offering, along with a basket of matzah cakes made of fine flour mixed with oil and matzah wafers spread with oil, along with their grain and drink offerings. The Kohen will offer these before Adonai and present his sin offering and burnt offering. Then he is to sacrifice the ram as a fellowship offering to Adonai, along with the basket of matzah. The Kohen will also present the grain and drink offerings. The Nazarite is then to shave his hair, the hair of his dedication at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and he is to take the hair of his dedication and put it into the fire of the fellowship offering sacrifice. The Kohen is to take the boiled shoulder of the ram and one matzah cake and one matzah wafer from the basket, and he is to place them into the hands of the Nazarite after he has shaved the hair of his dedication. The Kohen will wave them before Adonai as a wave offering. They are holy and belong to the Kohen, along with the breast that was waved and the thigh that was presented. Afterward, the Nazarite may drink wine. 
This is the Torah regarding the Nazarite who vows his offering to Adonai with regard, with regard to his consecration, besides whatever else he can afford. He must fulfill the vow he has made in accordance with the Torah of his consecration. All right, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so the goals for this teaching are to um, give you a better understanding and knowledge of the Nazarite vow, to also talk about why someone would want to take the vow, explain the significance of it, and also the applications for today. But let's review, what were some of the requirements placed on the Nazarites? Do you guys know? Cut their hair. Yeah, that's a good one. Don't drink wine. Don't drink wine. Or any fruit, um, like grapes related. Okay. So here was some of them, like you said. So um, the, one of the first ones, can't cut your hair, and then um, can't go near a dead body or touch it. Um, and nothing grape related, wine related, or heavy liquor or anything like that. Um, um, in the second temple where it was located was if you went into the, um, if you go into the chamber, uh, the beautiful gate, turn left, there's a chamber of the Nazareth where you basically sign up to be one um, and take the vow. To the right, chamber of wood, above the chamber of wood, is chamber of lepers, chamber of lepers. Um, and then below that, the last one is chamber of oils. But one thing I noticed was the chamber of lepers and the chamber of Nazarites aren't like side by side like these ones, like the chamber of Nazarites and the chamber of wood. They're set apart as far as they could be because they're set apart. Because the lepers, um, if you heard my dad's teaching, are, um, if they have Sarah, they um, probably have sin. And that is like a, it's like a sin. Um, but can you think of an, any Nazarites in the Bible? So, if someone go to Judges 13. Now, therefore, please be careful. Uh, now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come again against his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. He will be great before Adonai, and he should not drink wine and intoxicating beverage, but he will be filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, just out of his mother's womb. Many of B'nai Israel will turn to Adonai their God. Alright. Now, Acts. And when he had arrived in Yerushalayim, the brothers received us gladly. And on the following day, Shaul went in with us to Yaakov and all the elders came. And having greeted them, he 
was relating one by one what Elohim had done among the nations through his service. And when they heard it, they praised the master, and they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands of Yudim there are who have believed in our argent with the Torah. But they have been informed about you that you teach all the Yudim who are among the nations to forsake Moshe. saying not to circumcise the children nor to walk according to the practices. What then is this? They shall certainly hear what you have come, or that you have come. To do this, what, what we say to you, we have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be cleansed to them and pay their expenses so that they shave their heads. And all they shall know that what they have been informed about you is not so but that you yourself also walk orderly, keeping the Torah. For concerning the nations who have believed, we have written and decided what they should keep themselves from what is offering to idols, and blood, and what is strangled and pouring. Then Shaul took the men on the next day, and having been cleansed with them, went into the set-apart place to announce the completion of the day of separation until the offerings, offerings should be presented for each one of them. So 101. Um, so can you name anyone who drank too much wine in the Bible? Noah. Yeah, Noah. Um, is <laughs> drinking wine bad necessarily? No, but what was like what was Yeshua's first miracle? Turning water into wine. Um, so Ephesians 5:18 says, "Don't get and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Holy Spirit." And has anything good come from drunk people in the Bible? Um, being drunk prevents you from making good decisions and using your best judgment. So the Nazarite was someone who was always seen as so, uh, so, sober-minded. Being sober-minded, uh, being, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to, to devour. devour. Uh, one, first Peter 8, 5-8. Uh, so not every Nazarite kept his vow. Like Samson broke his um, here is every time he probably goes. So he was near the dead body of a lion, and he was touching it. He killed 30 men. He was touching them, well, taking their clothes off. Um, likely drank wine. Um, near the dead body of those dead bodies of an unknown number of men, and near the dead bodies of 1,000 men, which was the, Phil the Philistines that he killed. Touched the jawbone of a donkey, which is something dead, and cut his hair. Now to the question, why would someone want to take a Nazareth vow? In Numbers 6, 1 through 3, the Lord said to Moses, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying to them, When either a man or a woman wants to make a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite to separate himself to the Lord. So it's um, separating himself to the um, To show their dedication to the commandments and faith in their God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and also to protect particularly set apart or holy like a priest, even though they may have not been a priest. Um, to be a crown, a nazir, and nazir, nazir are still the same, so therefore are connected. And they give up, tempor give up temporary joys to give in, in order to give a closeness to God. So in number 6-6, six, six, even if his father or mother or brother or sister should die, like Anthony Edward, 
um, he is not to defile himself in this translation it says because the crown of his consecration upon is him so here it is the crown um, Nazir, Nazir consecrated one and Nazir is crown and they're spelled a little bit different but therefore connected the Greek word for uh, crown is Stephanos Stephanos and when the member of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Yeshua, standing at the right hand of God, look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. This is, uh, at this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed him out, uh, dragging him uh, out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witness laid their coats the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were selling him, Stephen, the crowned man, prayed, Lord, Yeshua, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Acts 7, 54 through 60. So he was the first martyr, which he earned the crown of life. Um, so, but now to the last question, the applications, like, can we do it today? But although we don't take the Nazareth vow today, due to the fact that there's still no temple, we can still receive a crown, Nazir, so to speak, through our enduring challenges and steadfast tests and perseverance and dedication to the faith, even if it costs us our lives and temporary joys. James uh, chapter 1, 12, is blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because he has stood the test. That person will receive the crown of life and that the Lord has promised to those who love him. In Revelation 2.10, do not be afraid of what I'm, you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer for persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death. I will give you life as your victor's crown. All right, thank you for letting me teach. That's the end of my teaching. Hello, can you hear me? No. Oh. Hello, Hello. Oh, very loud. Okay. So, yeah, thank you, Noah. Very, very good teaching. You are well on your way to replacing your father here soon. That should be a compliment to you. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, one of those uh, things that I, I was, when I was asked, when Noah asked me to to speak on his on his behalf, I um, started thinking about how I was going to uh, give him this without uh, give him too much to boast about. But uh, uh, it's one of those things that, as I've been around him, I, um, I I have seen him grow, and that's one of the things I, I want to yeah. tell you that yeah, I've had the joy to watch you grow from that time during. Um, you were that little rowdy boy during our first Sukkot uh, to the solid young man that you have be, uh, you're becoming. I I am very very impressed. Uh, I've seen such a drastic change in you, and all for the better. And that that's one of those things that I um, 
want to tell you here in front of, of all of DMF, uh, in, not only that, but I see your willingness to serve people, the willingness to serve our, our family, and I see it in you. Every time I'm around you, I um, even here at DMF, while you stand over there in the back, just ever so watchful as I'm walking in the door to come and go over there and help them, just whether it's just to keep the door open for them or um, from something as simple as uh, raising the volume or lowering the volume on, on the microphone, you know, we don't need to hear somebody too loud, uh, to um, going running to the kitchen and getting your father a, a glass of water whenever he needs it. I mean, just those little things that, that do not go unnoticed. Uh, and I, I tell you that um, this affirmation that you're making today should definitely be a defining moment in your life. But, um, well, with that, I warn you, um, do not be boastful with a sense of achievement. Uh, if anything, be on your guard. Because from this time on, the clock is ticking. And you are not responsible for your own spiritual nurturing. And that means that preparation time starts today. It, it, I tell you, whatever's awaiting for you out there, from the time that you leave your, your father's safety, is just seeking to devour you. So be prepared. But with that, of course, you are commanded uh, not to be afraid and not to be discouraged for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. So remember that God is with you. And if you trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So I would advise you that today, make this your day when you start praying for wisdom and discernment. Uh, but do it with a humble spirit. If you don't ever think it's too early to start asking God for his plan or the path that he has laid out for you. And First um, Timothy 4 says, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. So keep that in mind always. Uh, but oftentimes we tend to um, disregard our parents' advice. Once, once you become your own person, uh, we oftentimes get into the misunderstanding that you should know you are now responsible for your your own behavior and your own. Uh, and to a certain point, you are, but remember that um, that it is written to um, that it says, "Listen, my son, 
to your father's instructions and do not forsake your mother's teaching, they will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. So always listen. Always listen. A lot of wisdom there. <clears throat> but when you venture into the world, you may run into people who will tell you that you should be feeling guilty for your appearance or for the color of your skin or for not going along with the ways of the world. But I tell you, if you stay grounded in the truth of His Word, you will not be deceived. Amen. If you ever get into a bind that you cannot get yourself out of, remember, pray. Do not rely on your own strength. And do not rely on the things of the world to keep you going. That will only carry you so far. Uh, that, unfortunately, is one of the things that I still struggle with. So I tell you, do better than, than I am doing. Be better. Pray. Always pray. So I leave you with this. <clears throat> Learn to rely on God and put Him first in all you do. Love the Lord thy God with all of your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And He will bless you in all you do. Shalom. Nobody warned me that I have to use a microphone. Ah. Something that's off my notes, when Noah called a few weeks back to ask me to speak on his behalf, we had a bad connection. So I thought he said, if I could speak for two minutes, I thought, well, two minutes, I can handle that. <laughs> and then when he repeated, he said 10 minutes, I thought, wow, that's like forever. <laughs> so I'll take my best shot at it. Noah, your grandmother, Joan, and I are honored to be here today for this special occasion. And I'd like to share some of life's lessons I've learned. My mother told me when I was about your age to never date someone you wouldn't marry. So since there is no dating in the Bible, let your parents choose for you. <laughs> for me, the test of being a man was to tell the truth, and maybe it helped that I never lied to my dad. I thought he already knew the answer and was testing me. And another life lesson from great-grandpa Greeby. Do the worst first. When setting out to do your task, do the worst job first, and the rest of the day will be easy. Your grandmother and I were rather young, and soon after we had our first child, your Uncle Joe, That was a turning point for us because we now had a child to raise up in the way he should go. So while my older cousin, who was more like a brother to me and influenced my earlier walk, and friends continued down a more worldly path resulting in divorces, drug addictions, and prison time for some, we began attending 
church as a young family for the sake of bringing up a child in the right way. This ultimately made us better parents for your mother and her upbringing as well. We have been blessed much more than we ever deserved. So learn the lesson of Psalm 1 and live the blessed life. Okay, Psalm 1. Blessed, or in some translations, or how happy, is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked and shall not stand in the path of the sinners and shall not sit in the seat of the scoffers. But his delight is in the Torah of Adonai and he meditates in his instruction day and night. For he shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of water that yields its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this, but are like the chaff which the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For Adonai knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Thank you again for having us speak for you.